Welcome back, one and all, to another episode of the Dice Crisis Podcast. We're coming to you live from our headquarters here, Lossless Productions, and we have a very special episode for you tonight. We are celebrating our completion of book one of Paizo's second darkness adventure path, Shadow in the Sky. Yup. 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 Good book. Ups to the boys. (laughs) I'm your host with the toast. That's not true. You don't have toast? No, I don't have toast. Uh, K. Wiley, Kyle, a.k.a. Crow Moonwave, a.k.a. Cropra Winfrey tonight. Uh, Alongside myself, we have Elle Yon. Y'all better not sleep on her. We got the big boy analog modulator himself, Big Mood. Oh, yeah, yeah. And last but not least, we have a man sitting here. He's known by many names. Uh, You probably know one of them. He's the Space Cowboy, the uh, the Georgia Staircase, the Silent Opera. But he likes to be called Tiny Jim. But over here, we call him Tiny GM. Oh, I'll give him the floor to help us recap our adventure so far. Book one, it was a, it was a fun time. Yeah, did you guys have, did you guys like it? Was it fun? It yeah. was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing to say. Just we took that shit, city you know? over, yeah, man. Like, we pretty much we made from, it ours. So from the top, we met our characters the hours before Riddleport had a big gambling tournament at the Golden Goblin Gambling Hall, with uh, run by none other than Saul Van Casker Skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. We just got a little flavor from you guys in that one. You know, went went around, did some gambling. Uh, things got a little hairy as a heist ensued. You guys knocked that out of the park. I believe Dane actually avoided combat for the first half of it, bringing Lixie, mm-hmm. his his flame, to a safe area, even though she probably could have handled herself. Probably. She probably could have. Probably. Yeah, looking back, she probably could have just helped out but who knows you know i didn't have not chivalry i didn't have her character sheet made made that at that point it's not chivalry uh shouts out to our boy andrew nelson for writing our theme song and the bard song in that as well as a lot of uh tracks that are scored underneath the bardsman the bardsman briggs the bards is his character Uh, okay and after the first episode episode two you guys went and had your little day off went and just like hung posters and stuff around the on the sure gambling did. tournament or not gambling tournament around we very aggressive about it too. you did pretty well i mean yeah, yeah you and elion were a little too aggressive yeah <laughs> yeah a little angry that's when we first got to see dane start dabbling in drug making so that's Ooh. always fun what do you think about the drug mechanics in the this spice of life you like being a a flawed protagonist? A flawed protagonist, yeah. Uh, being dependent as a character was something that we originally thought of, too. Like, we're like, how great would it be if this motherfucker was just addicted? And we ended up downplaying that, like, so much that he wasn't, you know, always under bad effects. Um, but in his original making, have that huge flaw was great. Then the mechanics to make him was, like, kingmaker, almost. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, like... All right, you're gonna have to deal with gold and how much time it's gonna take to make these things, and that's pretty much your only barriers because of an intelligence of a, of an alien god. Yeah, and then I kind of <laughs> realized that playing by the whole like time rules of creation doesn't really play well in podcasts. So right. I just kind of, just kind of made let you do your thing for the, for most of that stuff. Uh, do we before we get too far into this? Do you guys want to like talk about your characters a little bit? First, or you want to get through this, then talk talk about your characters? Do you even want to mention your characters or what you think of them? 
talking about, about my character, but maybe later. Okay. See, uh, remind us what all happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Elion, do you remember uh, not being let into the, the Cypher Lodge? I do remember that. That was uh, disappointing. She definitely yeah, didn't like getting barred. And she <laughs> felt like they were way overcharging at, what was it, 10 gold to go 20, in for a day? 20 GP for a day. That's insane. That does include a room, though, although they're almost always full. Yeah, she didn't need that. She just wanted to check out a book. Too much, <laughs> too much money. You want to go to the library. Why are you going to be this way? I feel that. Anything else happen in episode two? I didn't... I didn't write out synopsis for these, so I'm just kind of going off right. the cuff. Just going with memory. Yeah, it was basically these. just a lot of advertising. Yeah, running around advertising. Just don't have any. It was like the first time that Elyon was just like upset at. Is that the, was, the, yeah, the Elyon. Yeah, Elyon. What do you call the guy him? in the bar? What was the like fancy boys, fancy, fancy boys. girls? That's oh yeah, the they come in at the end and almost fight you guys, or is that down the line? That might have been down the line. Because we come later. back and they're like, wait. Yeah, but the the big thing in episode two is that you guys just kind of had a day off to, to kind of explore the town. Hand, you guys decided to hand out posters for your new business, so you drummed uh-huh. up business. Everyone kind of split off and did their own thing. I think Crow probably went to the docks at one point. Love doing uh, that. Episode three, Riddleport Nights, brings in some of my favorite events that have happened and has labeled your characters as uh, kid killers. Oh. So how does that feel? We are the kid-killing squad. It is, I mean, <laughs> I will stand by what Crow did. He, <laughs> he was, somebody was going after him. Yeah, he, just, he, did, he was he trying to pick for an eye. Yeah, but that makes blind people, you know? <laughs> so that's that, how all blind people are made. Blind eye. children. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's actually going to bring us to our first <laughs> audience question. Oh, shit, uh, a question already. It's from our man BP, always holding us down. What a BP. He asks... I don't know if this is for all of us or just for Crow specifically, but he asks, how many children have you killed in your other campaigns? <laughs> none. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, none. It's a big zero. This one's different. I don't even think there are children in that other campaign that we have done. Campaign and then we never finished the campaign, to be honest. But No, there was a lot, it was a lot more monster-based. No. But uh, this sh- we are going with the crime boss city <laughs> yeah. theme for sure. It's It's... Kid Rough and tough out there. Look at us. Yeah, I mean, in the uh, they're adults. To expand yeah. on just why that happened a little bit, there's obviously a random encounter tables at the back of like every book, and one of these ones in Riddleport is, of course, pickpocketing. And I was like, what if I just kind of twist it, make the make, turn it into a little bit more of a moral dilemma, and just make the pickpocket that they discovered like twelve, and just see what happens. Yep. <laughs> and he yeah. was murdered without much of a thought. <laughs> Morality so, is fickle. a whole lot of anxiety and yelling in that one. I remember recording that and just yelling like yep. the entire killing process. <laughs> as as Dane carries yeah. this body, or Dane and Crow yeah. can't even get a hold of and then this weapon. The wet cockroaches body. came oh, after us. Cockroaches. Yeah, that was a whole thing. Those cockroaches would have killed you if I would have let them. I'm not gonna lie. But you jumped in the water, so I seemed right that they would fly away. Another big brain. I was pretty sure that was the only way you guys were going to survive that Probably. because you couldn't, I don't think any, you, either of you had anything, to, anything hit it. to hit it. Yeah, that was so, our issue. Got a we little random encounter ran, tables. ran waiting for them to like give up. But Ooh. Water was Whatever. a smart move. It was a smart move. I think it was the only, only play. Uh, episode four, you guys started your jobs at the Golden Goblin. Elyon was waiting tables, Crow standing guard outside being a bouncer, and Dane, I think you had this first this first episode of um, of working. You were actually in the red room 
downstairs being like a bartender. That's right. Didn't go well for you. That was horrible. Didn't yeah, go well for that. Dane. Dane is not, not a, a good, good bartender. bartender. He's, He's a good a, user, not a good giver. Yeah. I can concoct extracts for days, but I can't make a drink. No. Like, seems a little ridiculous, but They're the rolls bad. are what it rolls. You're slow. <laughs> you had that drink thrown in your face. Yeah. Uh, but you use that as an, as an excuse not to get in yet another fight. That's true. <laughs> was that one? I think that was with the snow, not quite the snake. Was that just, that was with some angry dudes who Elyon had mentioned that they could come back to the Golden Goblin and like get their money back. Yeah. But they came back belligerently drunk and just was, was oh, yeah, trying we, to start something right off the bat. If they yeah. had just asked for the money, I would have given it to them. That's not how this game works. <laughs> People never no just questions. ask for what they want. No, not when they're that drunk. I want my money. Uh, no yeah, no then questions. we also got to... We had already met Spirna. You went back to Spirna in that one? Because you had to... Dane had to go Likely. back we did a to lot Spirna and... When did your mom slap you in the face? Was that three? <laughs> oh, it might have been three. It Maybe was that the was the first night I stayed at the Goblin, I think. When that <laughs> it might have been before this. But yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that inspired you to run off and then make <laughs> the drugs for your mom, which yep. was bachelor snuff, which is basically a, a pregnancy pill of sorts. Guys can't... Guys can't... Uh, They're beef. impotent. Yeah, <laughs> they can't have good jizz. When they do this drug, you got badges. <laughs> exactly. Oof. Moving on to episode five. This one was a defining episode for Crow. Crow, mm, up until this sure point, was. was going like headfirst into everything. You almost got killed by a swamp barracuda, and you get a note that you took something of ours. Now we took something of yours. And tell what what was Crow? What was going through your mind? What was Crow's mind when you when you heard that? Uh, I think Crow immediately knew what was happening. Um, he knew that Karma was coming after him, and kind of rightfully so. <laughs> and that was definitely a learning moment and turning point for him. And yeah, rest in peace, Lisa. Rest in peace, Lisa Moonwave. So yeah, you you and Dane run off to even to see what was happening. It's like, is he talking about my mom? Go check your mom's house. <laughs> I ran so fast. Not there at all. And then, uh, yeah, Dane dipped off and because he's like, well, this isn't my mom. I don't really care to go look for her. And I, you, sa I said, if I remember right, I said, well, I'm either going to help you do recon or nothing at all type of situation. Like, yeah. I was like, you, we can either do this. No, no. He's like, I want to do it tonight. I'm like, all right, bye. Yeah, Crow was definitely <laughs> like, going home. And it and, wasn't just, I'm going to leave because I'm an asshole. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Crow was rightful in being super concerned about his mother. Oh, who for sure. Has always been a loving person to him. So go to the place where uh, you rolled a, a high just like knowledge check so I was like yeah you know where this where this guy's thing is I'm thinking that like maybe he'd go gather the troops or something goes directly there <laughs> oh my god no rallying the troops <laughs> blind yep. blind by love and anger <clears throat> and uh, at this point is where I I just took the opportunity to throw in uh, the set piece encounter at the end of the book uh, at the end of the first book it's kind of just like a side quest that that's thrown in in almost every adventure, uh, and there's a completely different hook for it. But I thought that this is a good way to just like throw that in there. I have information on it, so I can at least play About out the Krogan. entire like Casperion yeah. thing. Like was all pretty much just a little side plug. Yeah, yeah. that was a side plug that I totally skinned over. I kept a lot of the people there, but I pretty much changed its purpose 
and like what it was what it was doing. But we're gonna turn around. Yep, Crow gets greeted at the door, comes in, they're like, We can help you, and then they jump him, <laughs> yep. tie you up, bring your mother in front of you, Crocmar, the pickpocket crime boss of Riddleport, slits her throat in front of you, knocks you out, and then throws you into the harbor. That was fun. So as a <laughs> player <laughs> as a player here, question for Kyle. Yes. What um have, having played such an aggro style character that is just the blind justice type, uh, does that make you like or hate that more and want to play strategic characters down the line? Like, are you mm. into playing like super hardcore planet out eight turns ahead sorcerer? Or is it like you found your calling with a barbarian? It's <laughs> a good question. I think it's a little bit. Because everyone has a favorite class. Yeah. I think. Um... I think I purposefully wanted Crow to be that for role play, but also because I haven't played a character like it's that. Amazing fun. Like I've, I've tried to be like the sneaky rogue or like mm-hmm. the Bopulous. Yeah, Bop, <laughs> Bopulous from uh, Crown Populous Michael, Rick and Morty. Oh boy, just was a ninja, a halfling ninja. He's a halfling ninja. So I think it's fun to be the you know the <laughs> warhammer that's just yep. running in and grenading the scene, but. Understandable, yeah. Because when I played Smalls and Rise of the Rune Lords, it was like the same thing. You have to play dumb, but it was super. <laughs> yeah. I, it, that one was a half giant, and yeah, <laughs> half giant monk made his own half giant. Well, yeah. one of our friends helped him put a half giant together. Yeah, I'll turn that off. Yep. So that was definitely a big changing point. That I was like, you know, it was fun, but he ended up dying, so it definitely doesn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, at about at this time. You guys had also met, uh, Elion had ran into Sam, Samaritha Beldusk. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how to pronounce her name right. Samaritha. 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 If anybody's got any news on that, let me know. <laughs> Elion was pretty impressed with her. That she had magic and she was planning to attend the School of Magic mm-hmm. in the city. That yep. was pretty, she wanted to be her friend. and She was really happy that she started working there at that point. I'm glad. I thought there was kind of a, a, a neat parallel to Elyon coming there because you went there and was like asking people for a job. So now the new person comes in and asks you for a job. And uh-huh. I thought it was kind of fun. It worked out well. The tables have turned. The tables have turned. What else is Elyon doing during when, when Crow died? You're just, you're at the bar just, do, just doing the working. I was just working. working like, Crow, when, when Lisa died, my bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was pretty shocking. Gullion didn't expect that to happen. Mm-mm. You actually had a like a good reaction to hearing about Crow the, the following day, where you like Elion walked up and like tried to push Crow against the wall and like yelled at him and stuff, and mm-hmm. I like make your made you roll a will save to like control your anger. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you were gonna burn him alive for a second. Mm-hmm. She definitely lost her temper. I liked it. That's I liked the beginning it a lot. of Crow's mad respect for Elion. Yeah, I think <laughs> that. Kind of the group group dynamics in, in podcasts and stuff is an interesting thing. And like as much as you guys always you, we want to be on the same side and like go through things as efficiently as possible, it's sometimes more fun to listen to people like actually get in, in uh, confrontations with each other and mm-hmm. like not always get along because it's something to kind of work with and work forward. A group of just it. friends is just vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> it's well not that it's bad because it can create for like really moving stories. Yeah, <laughs> but some fucking, tension is nice though too. Controversy. If you're all just sure. tugging each other the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. At the end of episode five, Elion and Dane decided to sleep over at Saint 
Casperion's mission. What an see... insane idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just going to go. about that. Like, gonna camp uh, out I'm going to spend enemy. the next 10 hours in enemy territory. You prepared? I got a sleeping roll. So does everyone else. <laughs> I look like them. Yeah. <laughs> Pack, uh, just uh, Elyon, cover, oh. got, Elyon made her ears covered. He was yeah. like, yeah, we just kind of look like Madness. dirty kids right now. So <laughs> they're both 18, I 17 just like or something. There, <laughs> yeah, it, that was interesting. You guys. Uh, it was a great way to get a jump on. Yeah, that yeah. night, Elyon talked to a crazy dude who <laughs> was... I think he said something about being like a messenger for Saren Ray and that he would yeah. help like bring you into heaven or something yeah. like that. She oh, yeah, talked to a crazy dude. There was someone that didn't you say there was just someone like in a corner just yelling or something like that? I think like that just was to make guy. Him, oh, was it was that guy. Yeah. And he like decided to talk to him. Yep. <laughs> so this guy, crazy guy, if you would have followed him, he would have brought you up onto the balcony with the birds. Yeah. And he would have pushed you off and tried to be like, I'm no. just here to save your soul. <laughs> tried to push you push off. off and then he would have jumped off himself. That's I don't have a good feeling at all. <laughs> something off it was him. it was a good it was a good choice doing it. It would have been funny though, and it would have given you an, an opportunity to actually scope up what the upstairs was, would look like. So it was kind of a trade-off. Uh, I see. But who knows? Who knows? I would have got a reflex save or something to <laughs> yeah. avoid the push. Yeah, he would have had to. He would have had to like uh, overpower your strength. Oh, I didn't your say CMB. <laughs> BP. I did. I didn't say he's not coming back. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't do the the murder suicide. So who knows what he's still doing. <laughs> Sorry, BP oh, no. asked if he if that crazy guy's coming back is the the BBEG in our <laughs> chat here. I had to I had to answer that quick, so that was funny. So anyway, sleeping over that night, you guys also discovered a very, very evil man was running Saint Casperion's. Remember his name? I do, it's on the tip of my tongue. Split face. No, no, it's not no, it's not split face. Father Oh, Padwick. Padwick. Thank Padwick? you. Padwick? Padwick. It's Padwick. Pad Padwick, Padrick. We kind of just flip-flopped on a lot of the yeah. names. That's the fun of Because I, I would, I would say it one way because <laughs> the font looked a different way, and then I would read it again in like the text, and it would be like, oh, that W is actually an R, or whatever it was. <laughs> the font so like, was really hard to read. Yeah, it's cool font. It is, for sure. There are a few letters that kind of look the same. R's and dubs. Anyway, yeah, so Father Padwick, you, just, you watch him... While pretending to be asleep, uh, kill a sick girl and yeah. absorb her energy. <laughs> Literally the most. So fun. you guys aren't the only kid killers in town, I guess. That's true. Father and just drops everyone. Yeah, I he promise is that child murder isn't like a reoccurring theme. It just so happens that it was easy to make morality choices. You know what? That's going to bring us to another. Uh, give you morality. Another decisions. viewer question, kind Ooh, of on a similar morality. topic. Um, our friends over at MN Max to their GM Tyler. Min Minimax, sorry. Yeah. I, I see but, but it's spelled out nice. It. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, that's the pun, though. It is, but uh, just being from Minnesota, mm -hmm. that's how I want to say it every time. Anyway, so question for me, why does Crow hate children so much? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're gonna get off this after this, but Crow doesn't hate kids. He hates pickpocketers. You know yeah, what I mean? He hates someday. people that are trying to take... Regardless. What little he has. <laughs> someday he wants Regardless, his own little moves. He doesn't see age. Crow's not ageist. <laughs> True. He doesn't see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't see Crow as anything like that, but he doesn't like people who fuck with him. Like, no, that, that that you, I will always stand for that. <laughs> don't mess with them, <laughs> even if you're a kid. Don't even mess. if you're a kid. And I stand you by see that. a big half-orc with a <laughs> yeah. phrasma symbol on his chest? Stay the fuck away, kids. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he needed another own. reason to fear the orcs. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Tyler, thanks for your question. Crow does not hate children. <laughs> Are you sure? I Maybe think he just... might. Just Carl. Just Carl. Just Carl. Fucking and the just other eight in Carl. the mission. Just Carl indeed. What else happened in this episode after you guys saw that? You almost got pickpocketed by a kid again that morning. Oh, Jim. you too. Yeah, that's right. I guess all the pickpockets that I think of are kids. Actually, that <laughs> one was written into that, like, set piece encounter that I that I skinned. Uh, anyway, after all that went down, went back to the Golden Goblin, and you guys, I think, just went through a day of work. You might. This might have been when you fought that snake. Maybe is that this day? I oh, some the of the Zincher some of the days are running together a little bit, but there's a. Ooh, when did Zincher come and talk to you guys? That's an important part. He was just there that one night too, and we were keeping that, an no, eye that on him. That was the night of the snake. Okay. Uh, that was yeah. That was the snake night. Duh. I, I can't remember if that was this episode or yeah. one a couple back. Brock. It might have been this one. I didn't write it in the in my bios, and I didn't make show notes for this because I'm a bad person. So. I'm going to say it was this episode that that happened in. Uh, Zincher, another crime boss in town. We should, we should talk about him. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, becomes a kind of reoccurring, char- a reoccurring NPC for you guys uh, as he fucks with the Golden Goblin in a bunch of different ways. This one being the first, he, Saul just tells you to keep an eye on him. He seems like a cool guy right away. Cheeky gets, little shit leaves a snake in our bathroom. Pretty friend. petty, really. <laughs> like, really. He petty. comes in here and tries to, like, uh, wily coyote us over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, and, like, Zincher and Saul had a lot of experience in the past. Zincher, no, uh, what's his name? Saul's son killed Zincher's brother. And I think I said, said that Zincher actually tracked that kid down and killed him, but he didn't. Yep, that's he, right. They were after Saul for a minute, and then Saul evaded capture by burning his house down with his wife in it. And I think somewhere along the line, Zincher is the reason that Saul has a key hand. Mm-hmm. He cut off Saul's hand because with that note, I'm going to leave this snake here to bite. I, I get distracted by these things popping up on screen, BP. God dang it. <laughs> Reach out when you're not talking. But Goblin didn't have a health department. The, the note that uh, was left, that you guys found, was left for you as a, as a threat to find, said that uh, leave town or we'll make it two for two, and had a, like a drawing of Saul with no hands on it. Yeah, so <laughs> that's hilarious. Pretty sure that Zincher cut off. We'll give you hand. two keys. Oh, yeah. What am I supposed to do with these key hands? All I can do is unlock two <laughs> okay. doors. Uh, deep cut. Uh. <laughs> what else happened there? You guys, I mean, you guys dispatched the snake, no problem. I think Dane was up in the catwalk for the first time. Yeah, because I remember looking down and being like, yeah, we got to watch him from cool. up here. That was really cool. Yeah, so you're doing your, probably up in the room making your crafts and drugs and stuff and then heard that commotion going on. Snake! There's a snake! There's a snake in my gambling hall. And then moving on to episode seven, Pirates have kicked ass. Uh, Crow gets into uh, a good fight. Me. So we bring on a new character in this episode, our buddy Andrew, who does our music. Briggs the Bard comes in. And Briggs is just like a killing machine. He just kind of comes in here and, <laughs> and wins everything kind of for yeah, everybody. Killer musician and a killer killer. <laughs> Gave him a good crossbow. I, I made him a level higher than you guys just because, but, you know, 
it's still fun. It, it weighted it extremely harder than I thought it would. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot because I, I could throw more ga- more at you guys mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, they'll be they'll all be okay. right, okay for the most part." Yeah, yeah. yeah Crow- just headshot it. Yeah, and eventually in the end, and Crow had to spend all of his hero points to not die in that fight. That's true. <laughs> I did. I, sp- I and I spent them. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you freaking did. <laughs> so, after this episode, we get into the raid of Saint Casperian's gold. Or I almost said golden mission. Saint Ca- Saint <laughs> Casperian's mission. And like, do you guys remember the how you guys started that combat or like went into the yeah. fight? Yeah. It, it, you guys walked <laughs> up to the place at the end of episode seven uh-huh. and you guys like, oh, how should we go in this after doing how a bunch of recon and like, oh, we're going to be sneaky we're and gonna stuff. We're going to act like we're two drunk yeah, we're, dudes stumbling yeah. in and so I push him in. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. it ends with a bad plan. Everyone splits up into two floors. Chaos ensues. In the end, you guys do fairly well. I thought pa- Father Patrick was going to end up like killing everybody with right. his channel negatives. I also, I also like, I, I was able to use the, his little like buff skill where he sapped energy from a, di- a dead person to make himself stronger. Just sat back for a couple turns and just buffed him as you guys were dealing with all the riffraff. He was taking a lot of hits in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was missing a lot. He did miss. He a missed lot. a slow stab from Dane, didn't he? No, he, I missed a stab yeah. into him. I don't think I he think. ever missed because I think I did like yeah. this cocky. I'm gonna poke it into him real slow, like, and it was like, nah, you miss. Yeah, <laughs> there was slowly so the whole right. turn. I missed he was like stunned or something. Everybody missed him, and then I was like, okay, now he gets an opportunity to kill you guys. And then I puked on him three times, <laughs> or <laughs> something like that, right? No, you that was the, you puked on the fetchlings, oh, which you, are you sure when you, you yeah. didn't get the old. Because he like came into the pews. I I, th- I feel like you did the maybe his only the the the, the, the barfing uh, before he maybe. got up in the fray. Maybe I could be wrong. Either way, puke. I don't really remember. Lots of it. <laughs> it was good pukes. I like the, the sound that I made. Yeah, I do too. Good sound. Uh, Elion had a time with doors up in the upstairs. Lots of doors and they all opened. Yep. Every time you went next to one, a door opened and there's another guy ready to, to cut you down. And throw scorpions. Mm-hmm. But you filled up that hallway with sand and that really helped. It did. It hurt everyone. Scorpion. I think it hurt. Did it hurt Crow? Yeah. It hurt Crow. That was the first time I hurt you. The first I of many. I think so, yeah. yeah. If I remember right. I you thought were... that was some GM riffing to the uh, scorpions and then when I found out that there was actually just a room of scorpions. Yeah. Or yeah. scorpions in boxes that they meant to throw. Yeah, like, yeah. So you guys, that, that little room is kind of funny because like there were scorpions in there. You guys were throwing that. And when you guys went and like investigated it again, I uh, you I described like a salt circle and like some accoutrement in there and you guys tried we to roll the knowledge check. And you're like, oh my god, this is some like demonic ritual stuff. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> but no, you rolled a bad knowledge check, and it was just like a little like fight circle that they would put the scorpions in, and then watch them fight each other. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was that was all. A that scorpion was. fighting ring. Yeah, it's got to be to summon the Baphomet. Oh yes, <laughs> the devil will come to, for all of us. What else? Uh, you guys met Bird Guy, old. Uh, Oh, Geezer Pidge. Geezer Pidge. Geezer Pidge. Yeah. Geezer Pidge. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys say? You, you guys were super nervous at Geezer Pidge. Yeah. Me, I like, was very the apprehensive. I thought I, he was I just going to bust I was not at all. I was like, let's leave him, please. And then we had to I do that weird workaround. dark sorcerer out yeah. of nowhere. That's just, that's just the vibe you're, that whole mission gave me. So True, I was like, I right. can't trust anything. 
There were just some regular people in there, and that regular person act was the actual owner of Saint Saint Casperians. He his uncle was split face. He's letting him use there, and he's like blind, so he's always being taken advantage of that way. And Poor he's guy. letting his buddy Father Padwick run the church, which he is not a, a priest of Saren Ray. He was a priest of Grotus and was just kind of spreading <laughs> spreading a Negative distrust energy. of gods and trying to make people believe they didn't need them so more people would be buried uh, in the, what is it, the grave in the, in the boneyard? Yeah, uh, the boneyard. Phrasma's realm, which <laughs> Grotus is a skull moon in the sky. So yeah, he was just trying to perpetuate Grotus by posing as somebody who's doing good things, posing. Fun. That was all. That was all just me trying to fill up that spot and make it more fun and it's a whole ass episode. Yeah. yeah. I wanted more of a challenge since like I knew Andrew was coming in. So like <laughs> Father Patrick would have just been a regular dude, but I gave him three levels of, of cleric and I tried to make him kill you guys. Which is fun. Easy enough. You guys cleared two floors, but there was still one more room mm-hmm. left in St. Casperion's, and that room was the office area of Mr. Crocmar, which brings us to blind justice. Crow immediately getting blinded by a cat blind in the face <laughs> when he's trying yeah. to get his yes. vengeance. <laughs> My career as a warrior is a big uh, roller coaster, peaks and valleys. Yeah, so you ended up just killing more kids and <laughs> <laughs> being blind the yeah. whole time. <laughs> uh, it's one of Elyon's biggest regrets is killing those kids in there. Yeah, I mean, they didn't give you guys much of a choice. But I don't they know. Charged some, us with knives, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they started some, stabbing me. Some people try to use non-lethal damage. My fists? I didn't have... I mean, I could have pretty done, much like, just D3s. my fists. Yeah. yeah. You would have done like D3s of non-lethal damage, plus your strength modifier. Yeah. And them being kind of a swarm kind of halves that damage. Kind of treated groups of four kids as a kid swarm. <laughs> like They were doing like half yeah. damage unless you're doing... You're doing half damage to them unless they're like area of effect spells and their damage went down by one every time you actually killed one of the kids. It's Oof. easy enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. We're going to take a break in the recap just for a second here, and we're okay. going to get into a question from BP, because he's hanging out. Okay, let's give him some questions. Let's answer some of BP's questions got, while he's here. Okay, I, this is, BP, this is probably one of my favorite questions you asked. What is the stupidest, this is at all of you, what is the stupidest character you've made? I'm going to start over here with the big mud. Stupid. Stupidest, huh? Damn. I I vote you but, can take stupidest in whatever Yep, direction. that's what I'm thinking too. Like, just ridiculous. Um, oh, man. I, I honestly... Yeah. I'm trying to think of what some of my earlier campaign characters were, but honestly, Smalls was really fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, trying to force a character to be a half-giant giving him little things that make him read bigger and, you know, stronger. Mm-hmm. But then literally he was also like one of the stupidest because his intelligence was so bad, but his wisdom was great. Yeah, like, so he was like, the, he was a wise monk. You but could figure out your he way was a around, baby boy. <laughs> you don't really know a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen and a lot like, of shit, but I'm just a baby boy who follows someone. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't help that like monks don't wear armor. They're mm-hmm. already kind of easy to hit, so you make them bigger and make them easier, easier to, to trip hit. and easier to... <laughs> 
That was fun. Stumbling over himself always, for sure. Michael, what's your stupidest character? Mm, one of my first characters, Tofu, who was a oh, rat folk. Like oh, the rat folk, that's I right. Like, I like Tofu. I really like Tofu, but... He's stupid. <laughs> I had... I wanted Tofu to be able to use a 10-foot spear as a 3-foot tall rat. I wanted to be able to climb walls and ceilings and also shoot crossbows and also do spells. Yeah, you're a Magus as well. <laughs> a ninja you, Magus. You spread yourself a little thin for, like... That was the, like first Pathfinder character you made? I think it was my first one and I wanted to do everything. Yeah. That was one of the follies of probably newbies. Yes. Focusing makes you a bit more effective, but I thought he was cool. Like, the the pic, like picturing a rat folk just holding this big-ass spear is <laughs> kind of fun. Or staff or whatever it was. That, that reminds was me that we did make a Nightcrawler character for me that one time, too. That was oh, yeah. pretty silly. Yeah, I, I awesome. made a custom Nightcrawler class Kind of based off just, of a rogue, just but then brokenly cool. <laughs> I made, I made so like he could teleport basically as movement. Yep, his like thirty or sixty feet, and then I gave you, uh, I gave you a couple like oracle abilities as well as, uh, nightcrawler talents, so you could choose things like, uh, do a teleport sneak, do a That's teleport right. trip, yep. so you can come in and like. Poof. Yeah. yeah. They would get like a reflex save to not be flat footed against you or something like that as you teleported in. I love him. Yeah, it was fun though. (laughs) I thought it was cool. Bring out the Nightcrawler. Yeah, this this was almost a homebrew superhero skinned campaign in a land that I tried to make up, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, let's actually run something that (laughs) is a good story. And like I, <laughs> I've, I've never good. I've never been a GM of a full campaign, yeah, so maybe I shouldn't just jump into first. A, a homebrew that is, I don't know, probably too much. Especially if you wanted to make it world building and not just, a, you know, like a one off one shot superheroes fight one thing and it's done. Yeah. Like if you want to do, like, yeah, this I, is their I lives. had <laughs> I had maybe the idea for like the first quest you guys would go on. But that was about it. it. I made a I made a super no a spider girl character mm-hmm. who was really good with like she had like web spells and was good with like rope and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And her dad was her no his, his her dad was like running on town. You would have found her in a sewer, and her dad was a drider that her mom who had died was like keeping him in a regular form all the time. So once her mom died, things kind of went crazy and he ran Un- around. Unleashed. So what's your silliest character? My silliest character. <laughs> silliest? Well, okay. Probably stupidest. 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 <laughs> like the worst. Yo, so stupidest. I, my first character, too, went was pretty bad because, like, I made a ranger without enough uh, wisdom to get ranger spells. And I really wanted to do, like, arcane archer eventually. So I multiclassed with wizard. And then he died right away. <laughs> and he so couldn't it, handle the heat. It wasn't very effective. But I, this is still, I didn't. I don't think he was like stupid. It was just like and then the build that I ended up doing was pretty weak. Mm-hmm. In because like I, I wasted a feat getting uh, exotic weapon proficiency for like a koketsu shog or whatever, oh, like yep. a chain yep. whip thing. Koketsu shog. That wasn't really effective for the build either. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, I think that's about it. What about you? Did you say one, Kyle? I have not. Um, I'm going to go with Bopulus that we spoke about earlier, and I'm basically going to say that because of how he died at level either four or five in the Rune Lords campaign. <laughs> right before we stopped think playing, I think like two or three sessions before we ended up stopped playing, uh, he died. He like fell... We were at a house on a cliff or something, mm-hmm. yep. and I fell out of a window. Oh, it was like a haunted manor. I yes. remember. There was, two, there was either two or three checks I was supposed to not fail. One of them was like falling off the roof. Then one was to like catching catch a things. weather. Catching yeah, things. One of them was catching to myself, and then one of them yep. was falling, and I roll for like three hunt, did the hunt, stupid. Did the haunt make him jump out the window, yeah. and then he had like a reflex save to catch the weather vane or something and yep. then yeah, falls to your death. The more, then it was like catch the gutter yep. and yeah. the lawnmower or something like that or yeah. you're dead. And, and he just, hit the weather I remember vane it was fell too. <laughs> yeah, it stabbed through him or something like that. Yeah. Like, Jesus. And uh, yeah, he was stupid and couldn't <laughs> couldn't live. Couldn't right live. Through his ass. Anyway, we were, uh, I think we were on book nine. Book nine, Blind Justice. Eventually you guys ended up killing Krokmar. We didn't answer BP question. Yeah, we did. That was the question. The stupidest thing. Nice. The question. Uh, BP. Yeah. So you guys, I Thank let. I, this was the first time I let you guys control extra characters. So you guys had Hans, Bayar, Lixie, and oh, Sam with right. you. This is a big episode. Uh, yeah, these two episodes are really big as far as just the amount of characters that were in play. I've, I fucked up initiative order a few <laughs> times. <laughs> For, oh, I forgot. Let's, we let's, let's, red, let's red part, retcon this. Uh, and like, I was really excited to like use the the Crocbar character that I had to build because they didn't they didn't build any of the of the crime bot. Well, they built a few of the crime bosses out in the stories, but not all of them. And Crocbar happened to be the one that one of them that they didn't. So he was one that I made. He was a fighter with the the CAD archetype. So he's gonna do like a bunch of like disarming kind of dirty trick stuff to you guys and just like take your weapons away and just like try to stab you but you guys pinned him in a corner with your with your uh burning sands and Mm -hmm. then sam's bird just was like flying in his face he couldn't hit the bird at all to save his life and then he ended up having to run away after like mumsy and his kids all died and, and then briggs was there to put him out in the end after running and stabbing dane after dane tripped and fell and that was about the end of that episode. Uh, you guys cried and uh, <laughs> or crow, yeah, you hugged Crow and cried as Crow like finished him off with icicles after you guys killed him and brought him back a little bit or something and then killed him again. I think he just wasn't completely dead yet. After that, you guys, the next episode, you guys just looted the place. Uh, you found out through Saul that Laura Felden, the manager that had been like nice to you guys, let Crow like run off and look for his mom and stuff. He had been missing. He had mentioned it maybe an episode or two ago, but this is when he comes on and he's like, I don't know where this guy is. Would you look for him? <laughs> and at this point, you guys made the one and only sense motive check on Saul Van Casker's skin. The one and only. <laughs> The one and only, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't seem, it's, I think I I was kind of vague about it. I probably seem like he doesn't seem all that like surprised or upset or You said that he was a hardened, you were saying that he was just a hardened crime boss. So it was like a hard to read, but that's just because we were bad. But like also like, how do you tell if a crime boss is fucking lying to your face? He's doing this for 40 years. Yeah, Bluff (laughs) was also like one of his best skills. So I don't think he He even beat his bluff. I believe anyone with a key hand. Yeah, he's a badass. (laughs) 
so you guys run off to his house to look for him, beat up whatever. Dane ends up uh, just uh, taking a twenty and searching the whole place. Just you, well, there's a bum in there first, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. Stuff. Yeah, just a little quick little like uh, red herring as you guys walk up in there. But yeah, Dane finds his journal eventually. It seems like the money's going somewhere that he doesn't know where it's going. We should be making more money than this. Uh, and he's like distrusting of Saul. And then you guys go to Lima Smead's house to further investigate because that's where Saul said the last time he saw Lara was, was going to Limus's house. And it turns out he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You guys were pretty intimidating. You. Uh, you were able to not get in a fight with the dude because and of the monkey. Your, yeah, the and monkey not came out. Fight his monkey. The baboon came out of nowhere. There's like, I'm pretty sure he has a guard dog. No, mm-hmm. guard mm-hmm. baboon. Guard baboon. Uh, so, like, BP watch wants out to for know. his barking dog. <laughs> BP wants to know so he's not the BBG either. The, <laughs> the, the baboon, the hobo, the hobo that the. was in the house is when you said that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that either. They could all be BBEGs all together. They morph. They flesh meld themselves together in the very last book, and it's all of the, just the characters that you interacted with and forgot about. Uh. Wow. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yep. And then they get big enough to block out the sun, and that's why they call it Second Darkness. Ah. So many baboons. Spoilers. <laughs> Come on. Is the, sorry. Uh, sorry. The baboon was written in? Yeah, the, the baboon story? was. He wasn't yeah. supposed to be a dog? No. <laughs> La- La- Limus had a baboon in his house. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah, you, but you guys didn't find any... Well, you guys found Limus or Lars' coat in some barrels in the back, like, way too oh, easy. Oh, it was, like, bloody. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. bloody coat. I uh, didn't find him at the place though. When uh, you got, say that what? I was uh, Lar 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 fucking Felden. Uh, he was a good guy. Pour one out for him. He, was he got a, us. He got me a job. Yeah, got you a job. He's a nice little dwarf dude. <laughs> you empty? Beer. You empty, I bro? Empty, that was me pouring we out for Lar. Oh, Lar the homie. Uh, boo boo boo. After you guys got back, you told this to Saul again he wasn't all that upset or anything and then he guys he sent he he then immediately promoted you guys to like change the subject basically Keep us off his trail. yeah mm-hmm. and you guys just were like yeah cool more money let's fucking do it Eat Saul it yeah we love Saul he's our he's <laughs> in my adopted dad yeah, <laughs> yeah Saul. I, forgot, I forgot that Papi Julo. we talked about that I forgot about that adopted Saul Saul's Crow my dad stuff. now he's gone the Greeks got him <laughs> he's my second dad <laughs> Yeah, that was that was. I'm well, like, there are two moms and two dads, dad. and they're all gone. <sighs> you okay? No, yeah, that's enough. Of that. Speaking all of right, missing Crow's dads, but then, yeah, <laughs> speaking of missing dads, actually, missing dads. Oh yeah, yeah we. I, this has happened. Besides, like besides the crow's mama drama, <laughs> Elyon, let's talk about your dad for a sec. Pete Thresh. Yeah, he left. He did leave, and. Yes. It happened rather quickly and abruptly. He didn't even give me a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, you were so... Young wasn't the most friendly about him leaving. Yeah, like he was basically em- embarrassed to talk to you about it. And like he saw how upset you were. And like there's... Even though he like definitely like loved Elyon and stuff like that, he, you're not his kid technically. And so <laughs> it, it made him a little bit... I feel like... He, I probably forced it a little bit as a GM, you know. 
just to like <laughs> just make, a some, make some drama. <laughs> right. Just a little. Speaking and of, it uh, happened a little bit quicker than I thought it was gonna be gonna go. But I, you went home alone. I was like, okay, he's not there. Let's let's just see what happens. And you know, timeline's you know already compressed. Batmans are created. Yeah, Batman. BB says Aller's just trying to create a team of Batman. I am. I was trying to force everybody because everybody's like, "Yeah, I have my mom and I love. Her. We I'm my dad. First, I love him. We I'm were my the family." First party ever to not have just tragic backstory. Yeah, but you, and they're like, "Nah, make it tragic." No, you can't have parents and be an adventurer. You have to choose one or the other. <laughs> you either take take up I'll their put that shop. In everyone's character. Or, <laughs> yeah, you either so, can't. Have parents, or you can't be a pathfinder. <laughs> but I did always know that uh, he had a relationship with an elf in in his past, and that was gonna like be the reason what, that caused this contention. I just kind of made it happen a little bit faster. But yeah, he he had a relationship with an elf. That was the reason why he was a little bit more willing to take in this random elf girl and stuff like that. And he wanted to to kind of sow his own oats again, you know, mm-hmm. after. 18 years of taking care of a little girl, 17 years maybe even, almost 18? 18. She's 18, 18 yeah. Uh, yeah, Elyon feels like he definitely deserves that. He deserves to be happy, and whoever this woman is, he hopes that she, she hopes that he pursues her and forms a nice relationship with her, and hopefully they have a happy life. Maybe we'll yeah. find out. After everything that he's done for her, but she also feels a little betrayed, like the woman's an elf mm-hmm. and you took care of her and she was an elf that's a little weird to her it and is a little weird the fact that he never really taught her she had to teach herself about elves mm-hmm. he never really taught her anything or told her anything right, yeah he right. was kind of so interested subject. all of a sudden <laughs> yeah sort of subject so that's that leads me to a specific question for michael how does elion plan to overcome these troubles she has with her father she um is hoping that the letter she sent him reconciles some of some of it. That's right, yep. Um, hopefully just lets him know, like, hey, I'm not mad at you. Um, but still love you and Yeah, and she also wants to go meet him and see the see the elf woman. Meet meet the elf woman herself, maybe if mm. he would let her, or at least be able to see that her dad is there and is doing okay. Word. That yeah. would do a wonder for her mind. I I might have plans for it, who knows? Who Knows, mm. I do. I don't. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> you uh, didn't send that letter until for another couple episodes. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's later on. She sends a letter. That's not really plot spoilers, though. And fuck going on. She writes a letter. Yeah, hop all around the story. Yeah, you yeah. guys want to know about episode thirty? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about it right now. <laughs> no, it's my favorite no, episode. We it's my not. favorite episode. Uh-huh. Uh, we're on episode eleven right now, going through choppy waters. This, so Sog sent you guys right. to get some barrels of fine alcohol that were supposed to show up for the tournament this in a, book one. This is, this is a fun roleplay yeah. fight. I like this, this is one. a good little fight. So you come up to to the, the boat, the docks, and Bradakar Faye is already there. A guy in big gleaming Corvosin guard heavy armor is unloading some these casks with some Zincher guards because he's a... Uh, a bruiser or whatever. For I got Zincher. a fun fact about Curvosian heavy armor. What? It doesn't float very well. It doesn't no. float very well at all. <laughs> you learned that the hard way. Yeah. It, the fight kind of, it, it was going pretty well. Crow was getting beat up a little bit, but you guys had a lot of damage on Bradicar right away, uh, and things were looking a little shaky, and then a giant wave comes and just changes the entire fight. It basically 
turned the fight into just like an encounter to to succeed yeah. at your goal. <laughs> yes, I thought that was fun. This is the one where the people got sucked off. Yep. Everyone got sucked off at these docks. <laughs> all of them. They all got sucked uh, right yep. off. Episode Natural Wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in episode 12. But yeah, what did, so what did you guys think about this fight? Was it fun to like Elion yeah. was drowning most of the, most of the time. <laughs> was it fun? Part of the time. So maybe not quite that fun, but it, what did you guys think of this type of encounter? Interesting. Nature things are super fun to yeah, throw the extra, in. The yep. extra unknown of it made it more challenging. I thought it was fun. It, it was definitely the... It's one of the more unique encounters we've had. Like, we've had some encounters that have been very similar to each other. It could have went so much worse. Right, yeah. it could have went in so many different <laughs> I was directions. like, the nature one, just like, that could have been really bad, exactly. but we somehow just stuck it. Yeah, so Little this... Little things like when, yeah, like shit sticking, like, wasn't it his sword was stuck into the dock or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, we I'm grabbed it because we were getting knocked off. Well, like, he stuck his... happening. He, so <laughs> when the wave came, it knocked some people over. I think Crow got knocked over, and mm-hmm. then it was going to come back and, like, pull everybody into the water. Mm-hmm. And Bradicar realized this, stabbed his sword through the docks, and then yeah. Din was like, <laughs> you're, you just left yourself open, and knocks him over. That's and sick. then he gets yeah. swept off yeah. into, into the thing and almost drowns. But he's heavy enough where he was just yeah. able to walk on walk the bottom. Walk on the bottom. And, and make his way. Because it's like yeah. just off the dock, so it's not that far. It'd be at best like 10 feet. <laughs> the other two Zinter guards drowned, so yeah, there's you know, that. Easy Dane enough. had a little flashback in that episode to some dudes who roughed him up when he was trying to sell drugs on the street in yep. a past life. Uh, we actually Sorry. have that kind of Encounter. episode recorded. Yeah. Maybe we'll be out there someday. Maybe. It was kind of just like a okay, let's just drop drop into this and see what you can do in a prequel prequel kind of one v one GM thing. Yeah, we were just seeing yeah. how the character played, really. Yeah. And I think it was fun. And that's yeah. where he met Lixie as well. Yep. And so that's why very well, was that very first episode. I mean, it was just like, and here it is, you yep. know. And here's Lixie. Oh, that triggered. Place. A host question uh, for Eli. A host question. Host question. Everybody wants to know. Isn't everything a host question? No, we have viewer <laughs> questions. Kyle, the host question. <laughs> the me host question, but everybody wants to know yep. this. What's next for Dane and Lixie? Oh, the hot me. couple of the book. <laughs> Too book hot one. to handle. Just zesty. Oh, man. Oh, what's um, next for him? Yeah. <laughs> I would say that I'm thinking it has to be some form of trying to settle down or some form of them dying. <laughs> like there's oh, literally man. the only two like options uh, uh, in his brain. Their arc situation. Their arc has to be either death or just like jump out of the campaign. It's got to be happily ever after or die in each other's arms and there's no happy in between. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I love it. Just, you're not going to break up. You know, really like that. Like, you know, I'm tired of going on adventures. It's like, nah. Okay. <laughs> have you talked to her it's, about this? Yes. You know yeah. what? She's not here. I'd I mean, ask her. What, so, uh, assuming that we don't get to cover every conversation that right. Dane and Lixie has, what would they just like? What, what's their banter like? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> all right. I mean, our it's banter is be pretty, pretty fucked up because, like, knowing both of them, no man. But like, I think most of their time is probably just talking about people and like things that you hear in town and stuff like that. You know what I mean? More normal gossipy stuff because there's not uh there's nothing like war based <laughs> that either of them want to talk about like 
not going to talk about fights and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just going to be like, so anyways, wasn't today crazy? You know what I mean? Word. So yeah, BP makes a good point. What is their pillow, pillow talk? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) Okay. No. (laughs) We'll move Uh, on. Yeah. Uh, What's it? (laughs) What do you think? Like me and Allard record all that uh, after session. Yeah. That's, that's in the, (laughs) you have to, you have to go to our Patreon and hear that stuff. (laughs) I listen in. You've been in the closet the whole time? OnlyFans.com slash Dane Blazarian. Wow. <laughs> love it. Someone out there just got so many followers. Freaking love it. Where it's were like, we? who are these people? <laughs> they love Pathfinder. Show me your goggles. You're going to get a lot of messages. Yeah. Uh, where were we in the episode? Just like in the 12? fight? Oh. oh, so I wanted to say about that Choppy Waters fight. That, like, the... the the placement of that fight was written in the book, but the weather aspect wasn't necessarily a part of it. Now, in the adventure path, there were a bunch of just like random, random like black blot. How have we not talked about the black blot in the sky yet? I'm pretty that's sure. Kind of, that's like that's, the title. That's of like one. the whole thing. Shadow right. in the sky. Yeah. And I just glazed over that whole aspect. So the shadow in the sky, the thing that's actually driving the plot is that thing in the sky and what's yeah. going on with that. And there are some weird occurrences that go along with it. And one of them was increased tidal activity. So as soon as I read that, that, that the choppy waters encounter, I was like, oh, so that has, the tidal activity has to happen when they're near the water during that fight, right? So I threw that onto onto that fight just to kind of give it a different dynamic and make those weird occurrences have a, kind of a different effect, mm-hmm. like almost like a story effect to it instead of just like, oh, that was weird. and weird, yeah. It was like, it was important and weird. Yeah. <laughs> it affected you more so than like the purple mist that came off or all the weather vane shrieking or all the, all the birds flying to their deaths. Yeah, Very that was strange. That was crazy. It's my favorite happening. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, that, when I read that, I was like, "Oh man!" When when that happened, I remember like sitting, just mouth open, like, recording. Like, what did he just say? <laughs> All of the birds are killing themselves on the cipher gate, and it was good. And you guys, you you guys let uh, Bradicar Fay leave that fight. I thought Eli was gonna or Dane was gonna track him down at a mo- for a moment, but he didn't. Good thing, I guess. Oh man, I'm going really long with this, aren't I? A little bit. All right, let's try and speed down in speed four minutes. Th- no, I'm, I'm going to try and speed some things up. So Bra- Brawl is life. The main things that happen in in episode twelve is that you guys get introduced to uh, Isgek and the Stargazers and stuff. Oh yes. Uh, you get uh, pickpocketed by that by uh, a little gripply dude during that thing, and that leads into the next episode. This was a, a an ep- two episodes that were recorded back to back. So at the end of this episode, Elyon was getting drunk, and at the end of our <laughs> yeah. session, you're like, Elyon wants to go confront those guys yes. up there. <laughs> was I was so like, good. yes, <laughs> please, thank you. Do it. <laughs> I brought my Haro cards, or Haro cards. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah, she was a little heated about getting robbed. Yep, and then the next episode, get there, and I basically ruin all your plans for whatever <laughs> you're doing. Did you have any plans? <laughs> Uh, Whatever they were, they were come in angry and maybe confront that griply, but in you're trying to like start you a saw fight. The wonders. <laughs> I don't know if she. I think I don't know if she was ready for a fight. If she she might have thrown fists. She might, she's a little drunk. She might have maybe a little burnt, taunting. Maybe burns, bitch. Who knows? If they hadn't come, if that hadn't been so peaceful, 
Yeah. She would have thrown some fists. Koshtu is a nice guy. You know? You're very biased. Co- very I'm biased. Coy little Koshtu <laughs> is a character that I had made for our, our Rise of Rune Lords play, who, after Smalls dying, he read his fortune, saw excruciating death at the end of it, and left the party. And so I was like, you know, this is pretty canonically close in timelines. What would he have been doing? And I also wanted to kind of just... Uh, bring in some flavor to more events that were happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you guys got stopped and your fortunes read to each other. Elyon's, her the cards read that she might not be in control of what's going on. She might be being lied to. Crow saw visions of his mom maybe not being his actual biological mother. Yeah. Interesting stuff. That was a little bit off the cuff and it May, it might make sense. I think it's at least interesting or dark. I believe everything you say. Good. I'm glad <laughs> that you guys don't question my logic. Never. Story, I know it. <laughs> Ugh. After that episode is the the day that you guys go and check out the Stargazers caravan for the first time. Not the caravan, but their little uh, market Show. they're putting on. And well, that was at the end of the uh, the second half of the fortune reading one was mm-hmm. you going and checking it out episode 14 shows to blows starts out with the star show that was just me giving you guys flavor that that whole stargazers and that star show was just to make the rocks falling from the sky like make sense in my head and like give it a uh, more of a more more of a show around it you know And I wanted to bring Andrew back to do some more songs. Uh So all those were written by Andrew uh, and recorded. Mm -hmm. The last one was recorded by Kyle. And you probably helped put some of those extra layers and stuff on there. Fuck yeah. And that was really beautiful. But I have a running gag that every time Briggs comes on and like plays canonically within the thing that he gets cut off. Mm. So that's that's still happening. Uh, rocks fall from the sky after that show. Uh, it's a tiger show, the ti- lion show, fire throwing, juggling show, star show. Uh, Dane and Elyon both see a little like meteor streak into into Earth. Dane sees into the black abyss and sees like biting, the, gnashing the, maws. A dark maw. <laughs> yes, great stuff. Uh, after. Uh, f- from shows to blows. So this one ends with the rematch of Crow and and Isgak. And, and I was oh, like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna beat up Crow and again. I had my armor on the second. Yeah. Now I didn't remind Crow to take his armor off. So I was like, all right, his AC is much higher than mm-hmm. it was last time. Let's this see. It. Let's see if he waited. can do it. Crow doesn't feel good about that. He wants a third rematch, both uh, defenseless. Oh he, yeah. He wants that third rematch if we ever find nice. Isgak again. Dude, and he was doing. You were doing. I was giving you a D4 plus your strength. Un- unarmed or non-lethal be like oh you got these punching gloves it's not just regular unarmed damage but he was doing d6s plus his strength and he just couldn't he couldn't connect through your armor there no. and I think I, it ended up being like accidentally like a good like arc redemption mm-hmm. between yeah, you two yeah, I yeah. thought I, I was happy because I, I didn't I didn't plan that to happen or to lose to you so yeah right right <laughs> it was fun like i kind of planned the first fight I, I was pretty sure you weren't gonna win just like mm-hmm. i was pretty sure you wouldn't win this one but <laughs> you fucking knocked it Table's out of the park. turned again 
Uh, we're on episode 15. This is when Zincher and Croat come together to fight you guys. This was another really kind of big battle. People were burning stuff downstairs. There was a uh, an half-orc monk that came in, took Elyon down. Uh, yes, he, he was trying to face down Dane, but Dane was uh, evading like crazy. Uh, you guys, I mean, knocked that one out of the park too. Chased dude up onto the up onto that the long thing. Pursuit, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was that was fun because you guys were stressing like I wasn't hearing that you guys wanted to be done and mm -hmm. wanted to just like uh, end the chase and just like a, a roll to see who's fastest. But I was like, no, I have different rules in my head. Mm -hmm. and I didn't tell you guys and just kind of kept playing it out. Fun, not fun. <laughs> uh, then you guys were sent by Saul into the uh, the boneyard to get to spy on the crime bosses. And it turns out that that was a trap set up by Saul to kill you guys because you're too, becoming too big for your britches. <laughs> uh, Quava pops up and helps you guys in the fight in the Boneyard in episode 17. You come back to town, and now instead of being kind of like, ooh, these guys are kind of famous in town, now you're kind of being hunted in town. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of, you, you do all right sneaking in through town, but eventually you go to some hotbeds and like people actually say your names out loud and stuff. So that episode ends with you guys being caught by some freaking uh, mercenaries hired by Saul, in which you beat the next episode. Then at the end, the, How to Succeed in Business was fun because you guys decide that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and you go team up with Saul to hire a mercenary squad to basically jump over a whole encounter. I had, there's a big encounter where now you guys are raiding the Golden Goblin, and it's another like switch parallel round, but no, mm -hmm. you guys with a show of force skipped that whole encounter. Uh, Saul runs his way into the tunnels. You guys search for him, find a trap on the, on the, on the door trying to get down there. Uh, you don't know what it's for, but you disabled it. Uh, you make your way through, there's a white, there's a, uh, uh, Darkland Sentinels, there's Troglodytes, there's Fungal Crawlers, you make it through there, level up, then you guys run through even more, the tunnel makes its way all the way through under Riddleport, under the, the Velishu River, uh, takes a long time, you guys make it up into another like weirdly lit area, There's there are these magical Gricks there that I thought were going to be a little bit more of a deal because they had uh, DR10 magic, so I was like, I know a couple of these guys don't have magic weapons, but uh, Dane uses a third-party uh, extract. <laughs> yep, and classic. There are two different versions of that spell. One was D4s and one was D6s. The one on your sheet was D6s. Sick. And <laughs> I am gonna let, let you keep go. Shadow Hands <laughs> because you don't really have a lot of damage otherwise. Yeah. So I'm just gonna kind of kind of leave that in there. That's uh, my electric hands or whatever, you know. Yes. <laughs> and after fighting those, you guys find Saul's dead body, cut in half. That's kind of crazy. That was just fucked since, up. Pretty strange. Since you guys never got to confront Saul, which is a big yeah. part of this little adventure here, but I saw the the way you confronted his like the raid on it, he wasn't sticking around for that. Goes in there, but the lady he'd been working for, the renegade elf that Quava had sent you guys to, like, I've heard this is that Saul's helping this girl out. You should see what's up. Uh, just killed him where he stood and was like, "I'm done with you. I'm almost done with what I'm doing. What I need you for." And you guys bind the first drow ever to be seen in an adventure path yeah. by Paizo. Pretty crazy. And the fact that Saul was found dead really cemented home that he was not the real boss. Nope. He, no. was, he was the least of your worries. 
Maybe not. It really least, was. But. How did you feel about us skipping that encounter like that? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I really liked the the story component to like Some going to Zincher and getting there, yeah. making an IQ move that never would have happened if it wasn't just such a rich kid. Yeah, brains and, that and was money. Like my whole idea brains was just like, oh, I don't have to raise a finger because I have money. Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I can prove it. How much are 150 people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> your money finally came in hand. And you're like. Pfft. We can, we can, we, right. I mean, you guys all had a little bit of money we at that like, point. Should we get five, 10, 15? Fuck it. 15. I wanted you guys to go home. I was just trying to like get you guys yeah. to, to lose, to spend all your money. But yeah. He'll throw in an extra one for free. Mm -hmm. And that was Brando. 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 Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. You guys fight Depora as Renee, as Crow finds out from a Nat 20 linguistics check on her journal. Uh, was down in under the riddle port the whole time of the adventure path basically waiting for the meteor to come down and hit the devil's elbow which ends book one you guys I mean the fight with Depora it went a little bit harder than I kind of expected it to no I, I kind of expected it to be hard but the uh, the dretches doing their stink bombs was way more effective oh, yeah. than I anticipated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only having a move action. I think it was, what, the first turn I was nauseated the whole, uh, the you whole were, last You were thing. nauseated because, no, you were sickened because of the troglodytes, and then, like, oh, a couple turns yeah. in, the one of them released just that stink cloud. Just getting destroyed yeah. by all these It was fucking checks. fun. Uh, what else was fun about that fight? So the, the I think I fucked up on this fight. The drow sleep poison doesn't cause oh, yeah. sleep. It causes unconsciousness for one oh, wow. minute. Oh, wow. A whole minute. Wow. So you guys shouldn't have gotten any checks to wake up. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? You couldn't be shooken awake? Isn't that how we did? We, we shook each no, other I, awake? But. You found rules on like... Uh, on combat noise being loud enough to wake somebody up. So I was like, all right, I'll take that and make it a little bit harder. But then you guys mm -hmm. knocked your rolls out of the water. Mm. And like, I'm, I'm okay with how it went down. But looking back but on it, like, bad. you guys could have been, that could have been a TPK. <laughs> yeah. You had two of you guys down. Uh, and maybe Depora wasn't always looking to stick around and finish you guys off, but she definitely would have been, would have felt more could comfortable have, yeah. with two people, like, unconscious for the whole fight. And, a couple Taking people out. hanging on. That one-on-one -on -one action. Yeah. 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 I think, I if so Crow was working on the dretch, and I think that if you would have got down like to her and started fighting her, you probably would have came up the victor because I think that your sure. your AC was, was was stacked at that point. So yeah, getting towards the end of the book, I was stacking up. She had some a plus 11 or something to hit with her crossbow. But either way, she dips out before you guys can kill her. Crow using hero points to knock her off walls and stuff, that was, which was dope. Yep, good Found shit. out that she can has spider mm -hmm. climb and a feather fall ring. You guys chase her up onto the top of the cipher gate, the most like cinematic moment Beautiful. of the whole thing, <laughs> as as she waits to jump down onto this boat. That's her escape plan, basically at that point. Uh, but with another smart use of a hero point, you guys stop her again, kill her, and at the beginning of the next episode. You guys know it. Well, at the end of that episode, the black blot, you realize that it's gone after the fight. Meteor comes in, hits the devil's elbow. Boom. Big cinematic ending. Uh, Indeed. Then to kind of just cap off the book, 
you guys I gave you perception checks to like look over the town I like flavored it and, and like hid what I was about to do from you but I let you like see a little bit of smoke and then I revealed that I maybe maybe I shouldn't have revealed it uh, but Clegg Zincher found the the firebomb traps the alchemist fire traps that Saul had put in the walls trying to burn him, burn him down his place of establishment like he burned down his house before and killed his wife to try to get out of town again and just dip on Riddleport. And Clegg sent that, uh, set that off and blew up uh, Elion's house as well. You guys have any thoughts on that? That was actually one of my questions I was going to ask was how is Elion handling the fire and destruction of her home? Mm, she's a little more frustrated that she didn't like sell it or clear the stuff out right away like she wanted to but then they got so busy that she couldn't she was going to get rid of it anyway but the fact that like financially or some could have grabbed a couple things from it right yeah didn't get anything from it no yeah frustrating quite seems to be a theme yeah to lose property I (laughs) like taking things away from you that you're supposed to get (laughs) Uh, also, <laughs> the papers that you could have had. Yeah. Dane w- almost had the deed to St. Casperian's, but he left that in the drawer at the last second. That burned up. Uh, back to Brando, the the <laughs> lovable dolt turned... Brando. Yep, who had been <laughs> playing you guys the whole time just to... Oh, my dose. Just to screw you guys, <laughs> just to screw with you guys a little bit more, I threw that in there because mm-hmm. I thought it was fun and funny. That's a good... I cracked Red up. herring boy. I cracked up doing his little vocal transition. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll come back again. Who knows? He's yes, BP. He will be the big bad of the whole thing. <laughs> big uh, Brando I'm, I'm ahead of, the whole of this. Thing. Yeah, the big Brando uh, end game boss. Uh, yeah. Anything else, you guys? I made it back to the Golden Goblin with the uh, wrapped up dead Depora's body, mm-hmm. and you guys cried to end the episode and I brought back in the Bard song to wrap us out of there. Crying in flames. Yeah, it was indeed. beautiful. Yeah. I really I really liked how that song kind of was able to encapsulate <laughs> yeah. the whole thing <laughs> really, kind of weirdly. Yeah, listening back when you like first were like, go listen to that song again. We like listening. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> I told you guys. The whole time. I told you guys what was going to happen. The devil's always near. Mm-hmm. Always. And always the house always near. wins. So like House at, when when I when Andrew and I were writing that song, he I wrote we we co-wrote the lyrics and he wrote all the music and and sang it. I played bass drum on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was writing it, I was like, yeah, this is all applicable to the first episode and kind of like foreshadowing. I'm telling you that there's a thief among you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it ended up kind of being a, a summary of almost the whole book. For real, it was fun. Yeah, I really liked it. Yep. It was a great way to go out and, and in. And moving forward, and it's going to be a whole new ball game with you with your base of operations gone. It's true. Yeah, it's a new it's a new uh, it's a new series at this point. I mean, everything is onwards and upwards. We do more time for questions. Uh, yeah, how long do you think we should knock let's out? Do, let's go until you guys want to go till eight and knock out some more questions. Yeah, take it. You want to take? Should we take a fiver? Yep. Take we're a fiver. Come we're back, back, with back. We're going to take a fiver. Take a little break. We'll come back and we're going to do some more questions. I definitely have more questions. BRB. All right. Cool. Up.
All right, folks, it looks like we are back and uh, we have recapped book one successfully. Ooh. Hope you guys enjoyed that trip down these last 24 weeks. I hope I didn't miss anything. You definitely missed something because <laughs> that's what, I mean, we have, we've put out at least 50 hours of content. So. Team Slurp. Shouts out, Steve. Team Slurp, everybody. <laughs> that's to um, our boys. Speaking. Speaking of BP, we have a really good question uh, from you. I really, really enjoy this question here. Are any of you even slightly suspicious of Quava since Saul broke your trust? I think that's a really interesting question because... You can't do this to my heart. <laughs> because that's an interesting question because Quava has sort of become our leadership figure as far as who we are. Our base, Everything that we're starting to do is based on Quava's knowledge. Ever, pretty much ever since he helped us in the Boneyard, we've kind of He's kind of replaced Saul as my foster dad, so... Yeah, you trusted him to just go into your place of business and, and like, go to war with it. That's And fun. we sure did. I guess at this moment, I am... Crow, personally, is not as suspicious of, of Quava as he was of Saul. Saul had a Saul was a lot of words, a lot of talking, and not a lot of action that we could physically see, where the first encounter we had of Quava... Besides Elyon, where they met in crossbow training, um, was he, him helping us out. So, I mean, that in itself kind of shows good character. So it's hard to be weary of him. I think I'm weary of everybody because of Saul, but Quava is uh, on my good list right now. Saul, Saul's well. giving me big human vibes the whole time, and I was like, humans just talk. You're just talking this right now. You can't walk the walk, but... Quava doesn't talk that much, and so therefore it's like you gotta you gotta trust a guy who don't talk. <laughs> Absolutely, like a John Wayne type. <laughs> yeah, he's he's taught Elyon. He taught Elyon like about elves and stuff. Right. So she, just being able to talk he to an elf <laughs> is really interesting to her. But um, I don't know. I think she trusts him mostly because he hasn't had his motives seem very clear to me, and his enemy seemed like a. The well, his enemy was our enemy, and he even revealed more about our enemy. Kind of opened our eyes. True. So she feels very trusting of him. Yeah, mm -hmm. he uh, he let you peek behind the curtain in a way. Sob. Sure did. Behind the veil, through the veil, through the veil. Yeah. Something. So yeah, it sounds like Quava. Two thumbs up from our crew. <laughs> He's a trustful guy. Just like we said, so, all two so thumbs far. up. But we got weirdest all really fast. Quava hasn't shown it. We'll see. We'll see where we go with it. But um, the next question I want to get into is a good friend of ours here at the podcast, Jason. He runs a Twitter account at What Do You Do Pods. He's a great uh, resource for actual play podcasts, specifically Pathfinder One E, Two E, and Starfinder. Yep. Yep. And uh, he gave us a nice little email. I won't uh, read the whole thing to you guys, but he did have a couple <laughs> questions. One of them, uh, we'll go one by one. Uh, at everybody, is there anything else you wish you knew when you started? Um, I'm just going to aim that sort of as like our creating our podcast. I don't know. I mean. Wish we knew when we started. Or does that mean when we started? Uh, that every episode was going to take six hours to edit. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that would be that would have been nice to know. If someone was there to be like, yeah, by the way, each one takes this time. <laughs> yeah, sound effects, throwing those in there, double the time that you're going to be working. If we would have had a folder that was already prepped, we'd be done already. Yeah, I'm pulling um, from a bunch of different places. Sometimes you have to make my own sounds and shit. Design stuff for sure. Game-wise, like... I wish I knew Pathfinder half-ass at all before playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> like I can hear uh, myself learning yeah. as I listen back to all these episodes. Listening back, the questions get more sparse, or they become a question you answer yourself. Like, yeah. what do I need to donate? Oh yeah, and then you like answer it yourself. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I wish that, and also that I knew my character better. Yeah. Personally, all I wish I knew all my spells, all my feats. Mm -hmm. yep. Right off the bat, gave you ample time. I gave you all lots ample of, time. <laughs> lots of pre-existing fights. It was a helped. new system at the time. We were, yeah, we were kind of prepping for it with like goblin mm -hmm. waves, like and that helped a lot. Little better stuff just to figure out combat. And we ran, uh, we ran three just kind of homebrew fight session type things. I basically threw them in uh, in the dungeons of some sort of battle town arena thing and just let them fight stuff and then there was like a little mystery and some little role play episode and then more fights at the end. I, I built some more uh, Marvel characters into <laughs> uh, into Pathfinder characters. So we had Doctor Stran Strange, we had Hawkeye, we had Captain America and was that it? I think that might have been it. Captain Hawkeye, America. Captain America, America. Yeah. Sure. I think so. I think so. Think so. One for each of you. It helped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish that I had would have known. Uh. Hmm. He so doesn't know. There's a lot of things in GMing that you kind of just learn and you wish you knew. <laughs> yeah, it's more of just like how to how to. Hmm. Because I I feel like we did. I, I, I wouldn't want to like know what you guys are gonna do when I just tell you, okay, what do you guys you got some time to figure stuff out? But I guess like technically it'd be nice to plan some more stuff out like that. But I feel like we had a, a good enough understanding of the town and what you could could kind of do to just like kill some time. Dane mm -hmm. especially had Resources. like knew that he could go to Spiritas and. And like anytime, temple. anytime yeah. we needed something, it was easy to be like, well, I'm going to make a knowledge local because I'll know who. And you're like, yeah, yeah you will. And so. like, I took away these guys' parents pretty quick. So like, they didn't <laughs> really have our entropy. But we hey, love chaos. I don't know what, I don't know. I guess just, I have nothing. Just, I have nothing. We like stuff. that I we're learning as we go. I don't have anything that I wish I knew. Jason, that is the, that is the just that we like learning <laughs> as we go, but. We hope that we're getting better. I can sure hear it in myself. Um, so moving on, his second question. What are you most excited for in book two? We'll start over here with... We have Dane. recorded a little bit into mm -hmm. it, but don't, don't, give, don't give spoilers. I will start and say that my favorite encounter of the whole adventure path is in book two. So I was really excited for that. Am really excited was am who knows have we done it yet uh, i'll never tell yeah i mean the thing that stoked me about book two was that this like most pathfinder books it's actually where something happens um the first part being half-ass a red herring in itself yeah true. um so yeah it's just knowing that the second book is going to be where the juices of this steak you know it's yeah gonna be 
You've been hooked into the main plot. Yeah, and then fishes on it. it, So much so that like you've been lied to into a whole nother plot. You know (laughs) what I mean? That like you're like, oh, I thought I was playing a game about relatively kingmaker. You know, like how we're gonna keep things afloat with crime bosses and stuff. And that wasn't even the point at all. Nope. Hook line and got my ass. Yep. The business was just for you guys to start and get together. You know, you guys formed a bond over a building that you no longer have. (laughs) Yep, Brilliant. but now our bond is shaping into... What about you guys? Michael, so, Kyle, did you guys say something? I'm excited to have my character's powers come to fruition. Yeah. To be able to explore higher levels. And also for, like, in the last episodes, we, before that encounter where we encountered, um, uh, what was all down there? All sorts Those of all creatures. The, yeah, all the underground stuff. Yeah, all of that. Before we had encountered, what, a barracuda? Barracuda and like Barracuda. pickpockets and thugs and stuff. <laughs> now we're gonna find rat some as hopefully. we get closer, and then like they kind of just kept getting weirder. It was like wire rat, drow. Like Jesus, <laughs> true. Yeah, they hit us hard with like five new creatures in the end. So I'm excited to find fight some new stuff in book two. Yeah, I I'm excited for the new stuff too. I'm most excited to make Allard sad when all three of our characters stay alive through the entirety of book two. <laughs> Fat chance. Fat chance, you heard it here, folks. It's going to happen. We're you all going to stay alive through book two. Nuh-uh. I'll bet you one hero point I don't. Shit, now I'm down two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that away from your new character. Yep, perfect. <laughs> you get to start with a BP, one under. I see these questions, and we might get to them. I like a couple of them, though. I'm actually going to ask one of them right now. I do like this new one he asked here. Do you think everyone's characters have become a little bit darker after their intro to organized Ooh. crime? I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Crow is a little bit darker, but the organized crime is not what made him darker. The obvious is what made him darker. And he, because in his past life, when he was a ship captain, he wasn't like focusing on the crime, but like, you know, piracy. It's kind of the way of the sea. So this isn't necessarily his intro to organized crime, but I will answer the question by saying he is still a little bit darker. Heck yeah. Yeah. But he's smarter about being darker. Elyon's darker too. She, um, well, I mean, the kid stuff and everything. She was pretty <laughs> innocent before. Not totally innocent. You can't be innocent and live in Riddleport. True. Mm-hmm. You're exposed to some stuff. But yeah, something she grapples with now is definitely all of the killing that they did. Yeah. And uh, that a lot ca- of bodies behind her. She that, loves killing now. And because of that, and some other stuff that I'm not going to divulge yet, at the after the fight, I made you. I'd been making you kind of roll will saves when you described your emotions kind of getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And the first one that you actually failed was after fighting Depora, and I made you like explode into fire and hurt everybody. Right. And that's kind of a result of the somewhat dark choices that you have made. Almost like it's not quite getting into like like changing your alignment or anything, mm-hmm. but. I'm, uh, I'm affecting you because of it. She would be, yeah. As an, as an elf, they're very adaptive to what's going on around them. Right. So I feel like it's good to bring that to the surface. Very str- emotionally quick with their emotions, quick to change their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's also gaining magical power at the same time. True. <laughs> it's exploding within her. 
yeah an emotionally adaptive elf just elf just kind of <laughs> i feel like dane has almost gotten less dark in some ways you stopped doing drugs yeah, yeah like right. halfway through started, you, you pretty much stopped doing drugs started making the good money kind of fell in love yeah and stopped doing drugs unless they were needed to <laughs> literally to save our lives yeah yeah i think the um he became more of just a victim of his surroundings and not like darkened by it you know what yeah, i mean it was just like waiting them yeah he was just feeding the darkness but that in and of itself doesn't make him feel any worse nor is he out there trying to like sell to pregnant moms or something you know what i mean like he's just like he's selling when his business was doing that and like the, the killing is more like he a didn't even participate for most of the killing in first book um but true <laughs> you didn't you didn't kill any of the kids you know, you're the only character that didn't kill a kid technically hell yeah you were i threw his around. body in a, in a river you but. disposed <laughs> of a child body but you didn't kill a kid that's true um <laughs> What's surprising, worse, you know, that's really surprising. Yeah, I think that's just like how it is. He's surrounded by it, but it doesn't darken his envision at all because he already knew of the business of selling. You know what I mean? So it doesn't change a person. True. If you're already in the game. True that. That's right. what I'm saying. Feel that. What do we got next? You guys want to keep going? I got more questions. Tell you. Yeah, sure. I got nothing to do. Well, these next two are coming at you then. Okay. I got a couple uh, questions kind of aimed towards uh, GMing, okay. Sir Allard. Okay, I'll try. Okay, uh, I'll try. Good friend of ours in the Discord. I really hope I'm saying this right. Gisapo? Uh, Gisapo. So. That's what it looks like to me. As a question for Allard, what guided your choice of AB? Uh, we had all I like I, I pitched a couple different ones to everybody and just kind of talked about the the mainish themes to everybody, and it seemed like I think like overwhelmingly, Giuseppo. Giuseppo. Ah, Giuseppo sorry. There you go. Thanks, BP. Unless you're wrong, then <laughs> hey. Then thanks for nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I threw out a bunch of ideas. We had this one like. Hell's Vengeance, uh, uh, Strange Aeons, I think I pitched. Uh, do you guys remember anymore? You, you pitched, pitched a lot. You pitched like at least five or six. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember now. At, at this point, I hadn't <clears throat> seen uh, Jason at what do you do is uh, list of all the pods that out there. Helped. <laughs> and we accidentally chose one of them that, that no one had done before. Yeah. And I mean, when I was going through it, you guys liked the idea, like you guys liked the flavor of Riddleport starting out, and yep. and I mean, there's a couple little things that I I won't spoil now just because I don't feel like it, but like I told you guys kind of where it leads to, and you guys were really into that as well, uh, and then yeah, it just so happened that nobody had done it, basically because it hasn't been converted from three five yet, <laughs> and there were some cla- complaints on like how all the books like flowed together and stuff like that. There's some cla- complaints about something released Arcanist. over how many editions? Is it start three five and it ends yeah. three five? Yeah. Okay. It's this is they never did the adapt going up. This is the last or second to last book that that Pathfinder did before. Like becoming their own system, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. Checks out. <laughs> uh, either way, we we chose it just because we liked some of the overlying ideas in it. 
And it so happened to work out that nobody had done it yet. And we got lucky. Got good tone. Indeed. Matched us a little bit. Good, good, good. We have all, definitely all loved playing Second Darkness thus far. Um, another question from a fellow GM, again from MinMaxed, Tyler. Uh, he says, when Allard is converting the AP during prep, does he regret life? <laughs> I do not regret life when I'm prepping because most of the stuff that is that I'm converting is either just like I I'm I'm bad at notes in general so the that I guess that part of prep I hate but as far as converting things I pretty much like do the most of the checks and stuff just kind of on the fly and then any any monster I try to find the Pathfinder version of it instead of the D&D 3.5 version mm-hmm. and for the most part, they're pretty much the same, but there are little little differences here and there. So, ah, it looks like I'm being corrected. It's actually Teeler, not Teeler, <laughs> yes. GM Teeler, okay. Teeler from mm. MinMax. Good, good, good. <laughs> Thanks, BP. Um, and then a, a G, another GM question that I have for Allard. Oh, just because I'm curious, and I don't know if I've actually dug into this personally with him very much or not. What do you like doing better, GMing or playing? Hmm. I like them kind of, I mean, it's different reasons, really. I think I I tend to like GMing a little bit more because I like that amount of control and kind of creativity. And it's, I like, I mean, knowing what's going to happen is always a relief. And it's sometimes more fun to see how things don't work out than they do. But playing is just more genuinely... Not, maybe not genuinely, but more just like straightforward fun because like you're playing, you don't have to worry about yep. so many things. And so I'd say playing's more <clears throat> fun, but GMing can be more satisfying, satisfying yeah. in a way. <laughs> okay. I take uh, that. Yeah. The enjoyment from GMing's max higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's it's it's more challenging. It can it can be more fun because you're like stretching your wings a lot more. Sure, sure. Feels satisfying to leave a session and have players that feel good yeah. and mm-hmm. happy and knowing that you were a big part of it. Yeah, like affecting your players or is, horrible. is pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I killed them all. They all end Not the episode with crying and, it's, and a group hug. <laughs> <laughs> then you know you were a good GM. You did it. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it. When they all hate the living and don't, <laughs> and don't want to go on anymore. What else we got? Uh, we, well, we're running down... Uh, how many questions you got left? Can we finish them all, or are we getting down there on time? We're getting down there on time, and I'm just... The way that we're kind of flowing, there's some that I'm going to decide to leave out. So, all right, um, maybe we'll get to them in another one of these that we do. Yeah. I said piss on What, me? It's a joke. Oh. Oh. No um, joking. I'm sorry. I do we're have, serious here. I'm going to... Because of uh, how we're uh, streaming this right now, we're live, and... Uh, we have plans to continue doing this in the future. I'm going to ask this question from BP at all of us. What other games are you boys obsessed with? I personally could... I, I think the, the number one is Skyrim because I've bought that now for the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4, PlayStation VR, and the Switch now. So I'd say that's probably the definition <laughs> of obsession. Uh, also followed yes. before just because like New Vegas I don't really have access to anymore. New Vegas is better though. New Vegas is sick. 
very good game. Good, good. Eli? I, she, I don't really play a whole lot of video games anymore. Yeah, a lot of it's just tabletopping when we could. So I would say my favorite recent tabletop was getting the Lords of Waterdeep and the expansion for that. That was definitely a game changer for tabletop. Definitely Ooh. want to stream that. Munchkin, uh, Munchkin, great too. Mun yeah. Munchkin Adventure Time was like the <laughs> the oh, Munchkin I played put for years. Hours yeah. into that game. <laughs> I would yeah. say all of us have. <laughs> Way high save file hours on yeah. that. <laughs> and who has the most wins? You. Our stupid <laughs> dumb GM. Uh, you do, Allard. Who has the most wins? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Our smelly. And that's why Lords of Waterdeep's my favorite. Yeah, because I haven't won that one at all. as much. I won the first time we played, and I feel pretty good about that. I just hate any game that I don't win. I've gotten boned at Waterdeep a lot. Dude, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it's hard to play I like a long it, game. Yeah. Michael? I. Um, I'm gonna say some of my obsessions that I'm not obsessed <laughs> right now with, but I've had like waves of obsessions. So like all the Halos, mm. Oblivion, fantastic games. Uh, Skyrim is also really cool, but Oblivion is definitely where my heart is. I can I can respect that. Right on. I can respect that. All all those games though, and Elder Scrolls Online too. I'm into the RPG, so Fallout also tickles me. But I'm more of a medieval type. Like uh, Age of Empires, all those games are amazing. Um, strategy games. I like games that are like RPG related and also strategy related. It's like mm -hmm. Risk yep. and yeah, Skyrim yeah. and Age of Empires. Current obsession is RuneScape, which has kind of been mm -hmm. in and out of my life. Mm, now it's always. in my life. It, all, it always. <laughs> if you played it once, you'll play it a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, shooters too. And I like to mix it up if I'm just trying to like chill out for a day or just like have a sit, not worry too much, relax. Call of Duty. Pop some. Pop some skulls. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. What about yeah. you, Kyle? Uh, a lot of my favorite ones have been said. You know, the Munchkin, the Waterdeep. The one that Eli didn't say is uh, Boss Monster. I really like that game's got a very fun concept to it. Fantastic. I like that. Um, you know, I'm a big scaper. I like I like the RuneScape. It's a very interesting, the way that you can bend the mechanics and, you know, do stuff the developers were never intending on is really interesting to me. Um Let's see what else. Yeah, Skyrim. I've definitely put hours in on that game. I haven't played in quite a few years though, so. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about that's about where my. I only play at. Skate Three. I take it all back. Oh, yeah. Skate Three is the only Skate game I've ever played. It's right the game I own, and it's the only cool game I'll ever own. PS3, baby, ride or die. They're remaking Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. That. No, <laughs> those are gonna be I'm gonna sweet. get that. I'm definitely hashtag Don't sure. let Trapped into the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, BP commented and said, "Surprised that none of us are JRPG weeks." Yeah, it's I, true. That's we got true. a little bit of Fire Emblem upstairs. Yeah, I bought the new Fire Emblem <laughs> game, but I haven't played it yet. Like the Three Houses on Switch, I haven't I haven't played it yet though. Our roommate Wyatt's more into the JRPG style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, looks fun. I like dragons, and the medieval. I played, for sure. I played some old like handheld Final Fantasies, but never really was super into them. What else? Well, BP likes Smash Bros. Because he asked if, uh, <laughs> oh, if yeah. we want to play Smash Bros. At some, at some True. I I haven't looked up my my little friend code Your or whatever yet. Code. My yeah, online whatever. code. <laughs> I should do that. I'm sorry, BP. <laughs> Our set does kind of look like Smash a Fire Emblem castle, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. I like Castlevania. It. Dude, I bought I like this it. house for this wall that's behind us. It's true. <laughs> Fucking great. Specific. It's iconic. 
Um, that that about does it. That's. Is that all the good questions? That's all the good questions well, I promise. That's all the good ones. Let me like, let me just prompt and say, like, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, like your characters at all, before we we wrap up here? Like, we didn't really we mentioned them in context, but is there anything like you gotta, like, I don't know, say about them? I don't know. Crow had the pleasure of venting on the uh, latest episode's intro, so true. You guys know how Crow feels. He's very. He's reflecting on what this all means. He does enjoy this new sense of adventure that we're going to be getting, you know. Not that we were ever really tied down to the goblin and not that it was a majority of our lives by any means, but just not feeling tied down to that um, and being able to kind of freely explore what's going on mm-hmm. is going to be cool. Sad and cool. It's all it's all very bittersweet. I think personally Dane's scared shitless <laughs> that... Everything he's worked for is going to go more by the wayside because he's working on a favor right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's working on something that's not, he doesn't feel going to directly affect him, but like knowing mentally that it will. Um, yeah. He just wants out, you know, he wants to retire with his, with, with what he's got right now, maybe become a humble shop owner or whatever. Yeah. But here, you know, he's, he's helping people yet again and it'll probably bite him in the ass but I think it's funny that it's the only character I've ever played where he's like I just want I want an out you know what I mean (laughs) what if it just so happens that Dane he secretly wants to help people and he realizes it along the way you know and like if helping people makes his life better that's great but as of right now it's been making it fucking all (laughs) it's been it's been helping not a damn thing he could have just stayed at home and he'd be better off than where he is now probably richer (laughs) yeah yeah he could have just flirted with Lixie instead of had to do like the whole work at the bar thing. Like he could have just went to the goulette table. It would have yeah, been fine. Would you have gone to? Would Dane have gone <laughs> to the Eventually, he would have just went to gamble, right? <laughs> I suppose eventually. Like eventually, he just would have went there because he was bored and needed a drink. For sure. <laughs> right. Uh, Elyon's ex. Elyon's has freedom available, kind of for the first time in her life. She's got some money. She could go anywhere. She doesn't have to stick around doesn't really have a purpose to stick around but for now she has kind of grown fond of the people she's with and they seem to be on a similar path to her of like they I don't know I mean Dane has a Dane could do things but (laughs) they're similar age and they're also um they, they don't have a direction either. They're a bunch yeah. of lost teams. Kind of lost. <laughs> but are. at least they have that kind of like shared experience that kind of is a bonding agent. Yep, and it's enough for her to uh, at least stick around for now because she doesn't really have anywhere else to go. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that at least two of the characters don't feel like they need to go on with the story. So on that <laughs> note, Kyle, let's take us off. Well, next time you see us, it's just going to be Crow. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be 1v1. He's going to be alone making this. And both of them just left. Making this journey. Um, he woke up to a note. <laughs> yeah, two notes written on the same piece of paper. <laughs> the same piece of paper. We couldn't even bother writing two of the fucking things. I etched it into wood for you. Yeah, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed this special episode of the Dice Crisis podcast. We are going to continue to do our best cranking out that content for you all. Very excited to get into book two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and then six. You won't last that long. Oh, we well, <laughs> we'll find out. If you do, I'll be happy. Will. I'm going to be happy if you guys last all through it. Hey, thanks, BP, for coming. We yeah, appreciate for, you too, thanks man. Thanks for hopping in. Yes, thank you. The you. Best. You rock. You're the best boy. 
the best. Press part. that button, Michael. Let's get Press the fuck out of here. Button. We're out of here. Bye. See you subscribe. Welcome to your mom's house. We got moms. I'm Alice Rue, your dad, and I'm here in your mom's house. <laughs> Alice, the dad, there's plenty of moms. Come on down. Mm. Come get yourself a mom here at Al's mom's house. 